I'm Steve Lascazzo, and this is The Way. Welcome to the September 2023 This is The Way podcast Star Wars News Update. The Ahsoka Season 1 Soundtrack Volume 1 is now available to stream, and that means copyright strikes galore for my channel. Even using just a little tiny bit of the Ahsoka end credits theme is earning strikes for our channel. And in some cases, we are being completely blocked in places like Russia and Belarus. Now look, Kevin Kiner's theme is good. Well, it's not that good. A word about today's news update. The striking actors and writers in Hollywood have caused a lot of problems. There's very little news to speak of, except... I do have a note, finally, on that strike, but still, be prepared for a short podcast. (laughs) It is time to update you on Star Wars news since our last news update podcast. The National Entertainment Nightmare may soon be at an end. Okay, I'm making light of the striking, of course, but it really soon may be at an end. Picketing was suspended as of Sunday night, September 24th. Because according to Variety, negotiators for the Writers Guild of America and Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers reached the finish line Sunday after five consecutive days of negotiations. It's a contract, so that means it's a legal document that needs careful wording. So assuming that gets finalized, it will be voted by the negotiating team first, then the boards of the East and West Coast branches of the WGA, and then it would go out to the 11,000 members for a vote. This could put an end to the more than 147 days of strikes that stretches back to, I think, May 2nd. The new contract would be for three years, and the report I read from Variety says it includes detailed language on the use of AI-generated content. If the writers actually reach this agreement, then the actors might be next. The Screen Actors Guild has been on strike in solidarity since June 14th. I read somewhere that the Video Game Actors Guild is also getting ready to strike if negotiations don't go well this week. I think they're starting today. Each of those groups needs a separate contract, but if language gets worked out with the writers, that could be a starting template for the negotiations between AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA, and then the video game actors. An agreement for the writers, though, has the benefit of getting behind-the-scenes work going for shows and content that's stalled in pre- or post-production because of issues with scripts. Also, the WGA warned or reminded members that work is not allowed until the contract voting process is complete. So they're not going to be shooting new scenes, but... They may be writing new scenes right now. The second season of Andor and the first seasons of The Acolyte and Skeleton Crew have all been affected by the strikes. So that's why we care here. Fight the Empire! Ahsoka has arrived. Yeah, I know. It's the only currently running show. We're deep into the news and it didn't lead. But it's not exactly news when the first two parts of the series started streaming on Disney+. Plus back on August 22nd, 2023. You know, we talked about it in August. We're up to part six, and if everything goes well, 
this September update will become available before Part 7 is released. The latest news from the show is thanks to Twitter or ex-user at Tommy J. Wall, who translated some rotated Sith runes on Kujet's tower on Peridia. We know it's Kujet's tower because of Tommy. The honorific that you can see in Urkatat Sith runes that are rotated upside down on the tower as Balin and Shin are riding out say, Praise Kujet, ruler of all, may his reign last for all. A-L, so it could be all time, all eternity, something like that. Kujet is a Zepho dark side force user first heard of in Jedi Fallen Order. I've uncovered Kujet's legacy. A ruthless leader destroyed the Astrians and lives of any who opposed the sage's rule. These Zepho were once Kujet's enemies. Brave rebels who stood against tyranny. I can go no further. I must return to Zephyr. Last month, I mentioned the revelation that Sabine suddenly was trying to use the Force. Through the next four episodes, she's still trying. And still failing. Talent is a factor. Sabine's anger and rage and a rematch with Shin didn't end up bringing anything out. I mean, this isn't Rey suddenly figuring out how to use Force Lightning after displaying even a faint amount of attunement to the Force. Sabine isn't a dead battery. She's the unused battery case. (laughs) Filoni seems to be foreshadowing a retcon because he keeps bringing it up, but whatever he wants to do, he can do. He's a creator. He's one of the lead creative directors at Lucasfilm. Yeah, I mean, he's writing that Hu Yang... You know, says she's got the flimsiest connection to the Force that he's ever seen, and that character's been working with the Jedi for 25,000 years. I discovered that according to Hu Yang, I'm the worst candidate to be a Jedi out of every Jedi he's ever known. You told her that? It's true. He keeps writing over and over again that she's failing, but it doesn't matter, because even if she had absolutely no connection to the Force, the Force flows through all living things, so she could still train even if she never is able to use the ability or have any power. I said it last month. For me personally, it's not that Sabine is Force-sensitive. It's that she clearly was not in Rebels, and then Filoni introduces the idea off-screen. I mean, it was just to provide himself with the story beat. But it would have been more interesting, it would have been better for us to see him develop that in the show. I just don't think he had, you know... The ability to do it. Maybe he needs her to be there already so that she can get somewhere else in his movie. Your guess is as good as mine. Cameron Monaghan, who voices and provides motion capture for Cal Kestis in the Star Wars Jedi series of video games, let a little information slip in Florida at the Ocala Comic Con recently. First, there's an Ocala Comic Con? How did I not know about this? Second... Fallen Order introduced at least two things in the game that have been taken and then used in live-action series. The first that I know of was the Fortress Inquisitorius on Nur, and that appeared in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I just mentioned a few moments ago the second one, the Sith runes on Peridia and Ahsoka. That's the connection to the dark side user of the Force, Kujet, He's a Zepho, and he's a large factor in the storyline of that game on two planets. Okay, okay, news guy, hey, get back to the news. What's the news? 
user Cyx Organization 13, and he says that's a Kingdom Hearts reference, posted a video on September 18th to his personal YouTube account, and he, he took part in a panel, or he was attending a panel, with Cal Kestis, Cameron Monaghan, and Night Sister Marin, Tina Ivlev. Toward the end, Tina and Cameron talk about what they've been working on. I'm going to be in um, Call of Duty. So that's really exciting. Um, really cool character. I can't say anything though. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're working on the third. And we're in the process of doing it right now. Um, so, you know, <laughs> uh, that's, that's been that's a big undertaking and it's been some conversations so far. Uh, but, you know, hopefully when uh, all things are said and done, we'll be able to go in and make something really cool for you guys again. So there you have it. It's going to be a trilogy. Respawn's working on a third game, and there's no title, no indication how far along the process might actually be, but Monaghan will be a part of it. The game will be directed by someone other than Stig Asmussen, however, because he left his post at Respawn and Electronic Arts earlier this month. Before leaving, he did direct the team through the release of a performance patch to the game recently, which improved frame rates and reduced the number of bugs and crashes, but it looks like he's out. Oh, and congratulations to actress Tina Ivlev for landing a part in the Call of Duty game franchise. I don't know if you heard that part, but at the beginning of the clip. Open speed flaps and meow! I'm gonna crash! Biker Scout, you're not all you're cracked up to be. Collectors. There is a bunch of Black Series and Vintage Collection figures coming with ties to Ahsoka, or they're already out. There's something I noticed when I viewed images of the two sets side by side. Yeah, it makes sense, but there's a lot more detail in the more expensive Black Series. I noticed it because I had on the screen, side by side, the two offerings from Morgan Elsbeth, the Black Series and Vintage Collection, and it's very noticeable, the differences, and, you know, the levels of detail are going to vary from character to character, but they also vary wildly from series to series, so... Clearly, you're getting a little bit more for your money when you go to the Black Series, but the differences might not be as great for different characters. Alright, let's talk about the, the figures that are being released. In the Black Series, there's Chopper in all his rusted glory. Lothal Ezra Bridger, which is a Rebels version. Not a spoiler for Ahsoka, though, because it says, inspired by the character's holographic appearance, but I would say, based on what he's wearing, and then based on the holograph in um, Ahsoka, I think he's just wearing his Rebels-era clothing. There's an HK-87 assassin droid, Mirak. Professor Huyang. Yes, Professor Huyang. And the aforementioned Morgan Elsbeth. There are Black Series Balin Skull and Shin Hati, but sadly, Elsbeth and Skull in the Black Series appear to be sold out in pre-order state. There's a Force Unleashed set, individual releases of Starkiller and Stormtroopers, but that is an exclusive to Hasbro PulseCon. Remember, also, action figures are not canon, so and neither is that video game from LucasArts, but it's a really cool-looking set that includes Plastic Force Lightning and a Plastic Force Blast. I checked the Hasbro Pulse exclusive section, and 
as of the recording of this podcast, it does appear that it's still available. Not part of Ahsoka, but still. The Black Series. And out of the archives also, Imperial Stormtrooper, Bo-Katan Kreese, Luke Skywalker Snowspeeder pilot version, and Darth Vader. The Vintage Collection has a number of releases as well. Hera, an HK-87 assassin droid like in the Black Series. Morgan Elsbeth, who is still available in the Vintage Collection version. And Professor Huying again, and a version of Chopper. Not part of Ahsoka, but Vintage Collection releases nonetheless. Director Orson Krennic, HK-47, not 87, HK-47, and Jedi Knight Revan, two-pack. But that's the version from Galaxy of Heroes. There is an Obi-Wan and Vader Showdown two-pack still available for pre-order that has both characters and accessories from the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's what they're based on. That's $40 and still available as of recording of the podcast. The Retro Collection has some releases as well. Ahsoka Tano, more versions of the HK-87 Assassin and Morgan Elsbeth, Sabine Wren, Harrison Dula, Chopper, and Maroc. Maroc, form up on my wing and wait for my signal. If you go looking on the Hasbro Pulse website and you can't find the items that I'm talking about, it's not necessarily because they're in pre-order still and not available. If I mention it and you don't see it, check StarWarsNews.net for September articles in the Games and Toys section and then look for a link or for more information or a pre-sale date or do a search for it because if the item is sold out in pre-order, it'll still be on the site and it will say it. For example, that Ahsoka Tano Retro Collection figure is sold out, but the Chopper Retro Collection is not listed yet on the website, so that means it's not out yet. And the Black Series and Vintage Collection versions of him are in pre-order and not sold out. So that tells me the Retro Collection version of him that makes him kind of look like the old cheap-looking R2-D2 from, you know, the old figures, that must not have uh, been released for pre-order yet. So it's coming. It's just not out yet. I may not remember always to say it every news update, but I do try to say it at least once each time I talk about the characters. And I checked. I did say it a couple times already today. I'll say it again, you know, about the reminder about the availability. It's as of the recording of this podcast. Okay, then. Last in collectibles, we'll talk lightsabers and helmets. There's a Sabine Wren Black Series helmet that has, according to the item sheet, realistic detail, series-inspired design, and LED illuminated heads-up display at the press of a button. $131.99. For the same price... You can get a much cooler, in my opinion, Black Series Clone Captain Rex helmet. That has a flip-down rangefinder that activates series-inspired sound effects. And there's a button on the left side that allows you to distort your voice. For $271, there is an utterly amazing Sabine Wren Hot Toys figure that has to be seen to be believed. Look, I thought I was looking at promotional shots of Natasha Lou Bordizo in costume. I am dead serious. It's only available to pre-order. But if she's your absolute favorite character, 
and you want something to display, I don't think you can deny this would be the centerpiece of your collection. I'm not telling you it's worth $271. I'm just saying you are not going to find a better looking sixth scale figure of the live action version of Sabine Wren. It's expected to ship in the second half of next year. Those actually aren't the real money grabbers this month, though. That'll be the $279 Black Series Force FX Elite Sabine Wren lightsaber. It's a reworking of Ezra's, right? Now, I'm not judging you if you want that. I'm just saying there's an even less special part about this item because it came from Ezra. So what happens if they eventually show her building her own from scratch? I see you still have your lightsaber. Ezra's lightsaber. True, he constructed it, and by all accounts it served him well. Then he passed it on to you. You have since made your own modifications. So it is now your lightsaber. If you say so, Professor. Just one more thing. It is Disney Parks news time, and this is actually the first note I had for September's news update podcast. The Ahsoka series is going to be added to Star Tours at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris in the spring of 2024. I take that to mean more than just like an Ahsoka appearance on comms, which could very well mean Corellia, Arcana, Cetas, Peridia, but maybe also a space battle around Home 1. All of those could be part of a new experience at Star Tours. Now, I suppose more details are going to come as the day of her arrival to the ride's RNG destinations approaches. And remember, if you're not there on day one, you're going to have to ride dozens of times or make friends with the right Disney cast member in order to see these new locations. I think we can let him off with the warning this time. Thank you, Captain Teva. I appreciate that. Okay. If you think I've missed something or disagree with me, send email to thisisthewaypodcast at gmail.com. How else can you interact? All our links can be found in one place at linktr.ee forward slash thisisthewaypod. If you visit that site, just know that any reference to Twitter is still good for our X handle. Yeah, Twitter, X, whatever. But I'm in no hurry to update any of that information, especially since most people are still calling it Twitter anyway. And I don't really think that there's going to be any difference because if you go to the website on your PC, it still says Twitter.com. Thank you so much for joining me, your host, for This Is The Way Podcast's September 2023 news update. Our next podcast is probably going to be about Ahsoka Part 7, unless I don't get this out in time, in which case it'll be Part 8. Part 7 streams Tuesday, September 26th, Part 8 on October 3rd. Until next time, I'm Steve Lascauzo. May the Force be with you, always. Always.